You are listening to The Gateway Church, located in Ferrisburg, Michigan. You can learn more about us by visiting thegateway.church or like and follow us on Facebook, where you can watch full services, keep up with all that is going on, and get connected. Well, this morning's going to feel a little bit different. Uh, I've uh, got a little stool here, <laughs> and I want to kind of have a conversation with you of sorts. And the Lord has been stirring in my heart around some areas that are really critical to us as a church. And uh, it, I've mentioned already, it's been a crazy season. And when things get uh, crazy, I've been encouraged to bring it back to vision. That vision matters, right? And we want to take some time today uh, on the first half of the service to revisit why we exist, kind of refresh, kind of realign, saying, hey, why are we, uh, why do we, uh, why, why does the Gateway Church exist? And, uh, and then on the second half, we want to talk about kind of a, a practical way, a step you can take and what each of us can take to be a part of what God is doing. And so I want to start with a key verse for the day is Proverbs 29 verse 18. If you're taking notes, I want you to write down this verse. Or if you've got it in your Bible app, I want you to highlight it and save it for later. Because in Proverbs chapter 29 verse 18, it says this, where there is no revelation, right, people cast off restraint, right? So I want to focus on that first part. Where there's no prophetic vision, people cast off restraint. Other versions say where there's no vision, the people will perish. Where there's no vision. And so we look at vision and we understand, uh, if if you understand what vision is and how it works, that vision leaks, right? If vision was, you know, we captured it in a bucket, it's like the bucket has a hole. And as much vision as you pour in, there's a seep going out. And if you don't continue to bring it back to the front and the center, uh, people can forget or they lose intensity and it can happen to all of us. And we also have said many times that vision will help us with alignment. And what we want to do is kind of realign. We want to cast vision again. A few months ago, the, the uh, board and I were going through a book called How to Help Your Pastor Succeed. I actually have a few extra copies. If anyone's interested in reading this, come up to me after service. I'll get you a copy. And, uh, and the board was reading that and then passing that along to others. And uh, within the, the book, it talks about helping to echo the pastor's vision. And to kind of sharing that, kind of living that, and, and where people, when they bump into you, they understand that, you know, kind of what the church is about and how the board, the staff, certainly they can do that. But every single one of us can help the pastor succeed by echoing the vision. And so I want to start with the basics. Why do we exist? Who are we at the Gateway Church? And when I say where, where do we start, we start with our mission, our mission statement, which describes who we are. And the way we, we say this, and you can watch it on the screen, and uh, hopefully it'll be on the screens for you at home, is that at the Gateway Church, we are a spirit-filled church committed to glorifying God by connecting the people of the lakeshore with God, with each other, with the world. 
Let's just say this together, okay? And you can say it at home with us under your breath or say it nice and loud. Or if you're driving down the road and you got this plan, just pretend like you're talking to somebody, even if you're by yourself, all right? Let's say it together. At the Gateway Church, we are a spirit-filled church committed to glorifying God by connecting the people of the lakeshore with God, with each other, and with the world. That's our mission statement. That's who we are. Now, who are we becoming? That is really encapsulated in our vision statement, which states that at the Gateway Church, we're striving to become a healthy, multiplying church known for making a commitment or making a a difference in our community and in our world. And so that's kind of who we're becoming. We want to be healthy. We want to be multiplying, growing. We want to, go ahead and keep that up there for a second. We want to be making a difference in our community here on the lakeshore and to the ends of the earth. That is who we are as an organization. That's who we're striving to become. So let's just say it together. At the Gateway Church, we are striving to become a healthy, multiplying church known for making a difference in our community, and in our world. And these things motivate us. These things help the staff and I get out of bed. This is what motivates the board to serve. This is what motivates all our volunteers. And I believe passionately that a God-given vision cannot be stopped. Can I get an amen? When God puts it in our hearts, and we know that vision is a filter for every decision that we make in regards to ministries and outreaches and how we spend money. And so when I was asked by the board, how can we help you, Pastor, echo the vision, my mind went to the money. (laughs) Show me the money, right? You follow the money, and you know what's important to an organization or an individual. If you show me where you spend your funds as a a family or as as an individual, I can pretty much tell you what is meaningful to you. Look at your budget or look where the money goes, and the same is true for us. So where have we spent in the last 14 years since I've been the pastor, where have we spent funds as a church? We have spent funds primarily in three, maybe four different areas, and I want to talk about those briefly. Number one, when we first came as, a, as a, uh, your lead pastor, the, the board at that point, they were very passionate, and uh, Brett, you might remember this, that we wanted to be a family church. We wanted to have all generations, and we wanted to care. And, uh, and so when you say family ministry across the board, and so we have invested over the years heavily in kids' ministry and in youth ministry. And we have funneled a lot of resources there. And even today, we have a part-time uh, moving towards more full-time uh, children's pastor. We have a, a part-time uh, moving towards full-time uh, youth pastor. And these are investments into the kingdom of God. We believe that it's important that we are reaching the next generation. 
the generation that, that, that is important to us. And so, so we've done that, and we've invested heavily. The other area that we have invested in, and really, even from the very beginning, Pastor Bobby, we were giving a stipend to our worship leader early on, even when we first, uh, first were here, because we said, man, there's a level of excellence in worship on a Sunday morning that was important. And so we started funding, and then we, we, uh, that grew, and now we have a full-time worship and discipleship pastor. Uh, we call him our connecting pastor. And we do that because we care about your personal growth in the Lord. We believe that what happens on Sunday mornings in worship and with the Word, it is so important. And we also believe what happens outside of these four walls in that discipleship piece. How do we come alongside of each other? It's so important. And so we've invested heavily in those areas. And now the question is, is how have we done, right? Do we have room to grow? Absolutely, in all of these areas. But yes, we've made some progress. And then the last area that I would say that we've been, when you look at the last 14 years, where have we spent our funds? Where have we been passionate? It's in the area of missions. And today, it's kind of been flip-flop, but today is the last day of our missions encounter. We still have our flags up and, and uh, doing that. But uh, over, we've, we've said over the last few years that missions has been and always will be the key to our future. In fact, that's been kind of our, our, our mantra. And let's say this together. Missions has been and always will be the key to our future. And over the last two weeks in our missions encounter, um, it's looked a little different uh, just because of COVID and, and uh, different things. But uh, we, we really, we looked at world missions and stateside missions. We looked at uh, our local outreach a little bit. And uh, we had Joe Gordon a couple weeks ago. We had Craig Metzner with Unbound and Human Trafficking and all of that. And really, these services, and even this morning, was an invitation to, for you to join us and to, to kind of say, hey, I want to align with that DNA, that the DNA of the Gateway Church, they're going to care about missions, and I want to care about missions as well, and we want you to be a part of that. And so we've said it's been the key to our future. Kind of the overriding theme for this year in particular is that we've said, and I don't know if you've caught this, but mission starts here. And I always point at myself first. It starts with each of us. So just hold your hand on your heart and say it. Missions starts here. And over the last couple of weeks, we've heard stories and testimonies, and we've been challenged to get involved. And we've looked at faith promise cards. We've sent these home for those of you that are online. We've sent home uh, other resources kind of talking about that. Uh, we have a brochure that we've sent home. We've got those in the lobby explaining what faith promises are. And these, I believe, are perhaps the most important Sundays of the Gateway Church uh, calendar year. And so I want to talk this morning about that a little bit more and establish some expectations. We believe that at the Gateway Church, for those that are connecting with us, mission starts here. It starts with each of us. And where that starts is with you and I being faithful in our tithes to the Lord. It starts with the first 10% of all of our increase going to the Lord. And I, we're in a, uh, almost to finish a uh, uh, Financial Peace University class again. 
that we've been running this fall. And uh, even when you're in debt, we encourage you to be faithful with the tithe. And it really is important. And that's if you make $10 or you make $10 million, your tithe is, the, uh, is what you honor God with, and it's the very first thing. And really, it speaks to missions. And in particular, as a church, we tithe on your tithe. So any undesignated offerings that come in, we give the first 10% to missions. It helps fund missions projects, missions expenses. It it helps with missions trips, although we haven't had any this year, but we will in the future. It helps pay for anyone who goes on a missions trip, answering the call of God on their life. And we also, when there's a trip that leaves from the church, we really get behind the leader of that trip because you can't go on a trip without a great leader, and we help fund the leader in many cases. And our missions team monitors those funds, and we say that stewardship is the key. We really monitor those funds, and we say mission starts here. So it starts with the tithe. And then, above and beyond the tithe, we invite people kids, youth, young adults, uh, married adults, single adults, older adults, uh, young to the very oldest among us to participate in what we call faith promise giving. Again, this is above and beyond what God has done in your finances, above and beyond the tithe. And I want to just talk to you a little bit about what that looks like. And I want to get personal here this morning. I've shared my, our supernatural story it bits and pieces, and I always like to start way back when I was in junior high being encouraged to give up a Big Mac a week for missions. And some of you have heard that story, and uh, it was kind of a $2 commitment, saying, hey, $2 a week for missions, uh, 52 weeks, $104. And I said, man, I can do twice that. And with God's help, I was able to do that. And really, from that time, I've always made a faith promise. It's just part of who I was uh, and kind of encouraged to be as a, as a young man. And, uh, as, and, and when I got married, my wife and I, we met on a missions trip. And so she had a heart for missions. Jessica had been on five international trips, overseas missions trips before we got married. And she, and we met on one of those trips and she had a heart for missions. And what I love is that when we talked about our finances, even when we were in college, we supported missions because we felt like it was important. Then I become a kids pastor, and some of you guys know the story uh, with kids ministry. It it was BGMC that we were really promoting on the mission side, and it was so much fun to be creative with kids and raising funds, and the Lord helped us at at the Gateway Church, or not at the Gateway Church, at uh, Bethel Christian in Dayton, Ohio. Uh, We gave, and uh, the Lord really honored us uh, in some of our giving, and there were years that we were in the top three in the nation for BGMC giving. In that season, Jessica and I, we decided to give to missions 50% of all the cars that I bought and sold. And you say, well, how many cars did you buy and sell? Well, I had a dealer's license and I was flipping cars and every Friday my pastor allowed me to go um, to the auto auction and I would, I would make some connections. And the, the very top year, we, I sold 83 cars. And so, I mean, we're talking a lot and 50% after expenses went to missions. And so the Lord really honored that time in our lives. Then we came and moved here to the Gateway Church. And 
I thought I would just continue to buy and sell cars. I brought my truck and trailer, and I'd go to Grand Rapids to the auto auction, and it just dried up, and the Lord spoke to our hearts saying, nope, not in this season. <laughs> and I couldn't, I would have a car that I would normally flip and maybe make, you know, three to $500, and I would have it for way longer than I wanted, and I'd make maybe $50. And, and the Lord just was like, no, concentrate on the ministry. And it was at that time that we started looking at our budget and working a faith promise into our budget and then dreaming beyond that. And I remember one of our missions convention speakers, Randy Young, actually, from Book of Hope, uh, who worked with my parents back in the day, he talked about that him and his wife, their missions pledge or missions faith promise commitment was larger than the typical car payment in the United States. And that really caught my attention. And I had been flipping cars previous, and I thought, man, that's a great goal. And so we, we started making a goal, and that was kind of the target. A few years later, another uh, missionary uh, guest that was with us talked about uh, people that would give more than their house payment in Missions Faith Promise Pledge every single month. And Jessica and I, we were like, whoa, I mean, that's incredible. And so it took us a little bit of time, but we kind of had that goal, and we've been there over the last several years. And, and, and God has blessed us in giving. And then I heard about a pastor in Lansing that made a faith promise of $50,000 for one year, and that motivated us. And we didn't make a $50,000 pledge. But someday, Lord willing, we will. And with God's help, we would be able to do that. And I'm, what I'm sharing is that our faith promise has grown exponentially over the years. And really, it's part of the supernatural nature of our lives and how we've, we've raised our family and how we live. We honor God first. And the truth is, you cannot outgive God. That's a fact. You can take that to the bank. And it's always tied back to the mission, tied back to the vision of the church, and it's our privilege to participate in those things. Is it a sacrifice? Absolutely. We would love other things at our house. We've talked about hardwood floors and redoing different things, and we're like, no, we're just going to keep faithful and at some point, and what was neat is we, our carpets were really dirty, and just recently, we had a carpet cleaning company come in, and, uh, and they didn't charge us to clean our carpets. How cool is that? And so it's all clean again, and, and we're, we're on our way. But we've had the, the idea, whatever it takes, and we've done that. And it's counterculture, yes, because the culture says, especially in this season, is to hold on, right? There's a lot of uncertainty in our world. And it, the, the idea is like, well, we better hold on. We better create reserve. No, we need to listen to God and do what he says. Can I get an amen? Amen. Now, I understand for those uh, that are newer to the church, those that may be online, you say, man, that's an unfamiliar idea. Or it's a new concept to give a faith promise, especially something like that. And so what we say is to start somewhere, to ask the Lord. And if you're a part of the Gateway Church, we want to invite you to be a part of what God is doing here. And we often will say, do it by percentages, right? The, the Bible, you know, encourages us to start with 10% to the Lord, and then above and beyond that, try 1%. And just recently, the new statistics out is that the average household income in North America is 
uh, it used to be $50,000 for a lot of years. Now it's $60,000 is the average household, two people working in the home. And, and that's probably typical for the area that we live in. But $60,000, well, 1% for the year is $600. That's $50 a month. And I know for some of you, you're thinking, man, that, is, that would be a budget a budget buster. For others of you, you could do 2% or 10% or 20%. I just want to encourage you to do something. And it does beg the question, well, what's the need here at the Gateway Church? What have we committed to as a, as a church? And, and what we've committed to over the last uh, several years, we've grown where we are now supporting about 120 missionaries every single month. And it kind of comes and goes. We just picked up a bunch over the summer, but then we've had some through attrition that have come off the field. And the way that breaks down is through world and then state and local support. And so let's just look at it. What's the need? 120 missionaries. On the world side, it's about $5,000 that goes out every single month through Faith Promise Giving. And then on the state and local side, it's another 3000 So you put that together, it's about $8,000 is our current obligation or commitment. And 100% of the $8,000 comes from the people, from us, making a faith promise. And 100% of what you give to missions goes directly to those missionaries. We don't cut away any for administration. That all comes from the tithe portion. So there's the tithe portion that funds missions, and then there's the faith promise portion that we fund our monthly obligations. Does that make sense? So there's kind of two, two fundings for missions. The faith promise takes care of the 120 missionaries that we have the privilege of supporting. And then the next obvious question, at least to me, is how are we doing this year? Really, normally we, we take a few weeks before our missions encounter. We talk like this. In fact, on October 18th, it was my uh, plan, in fact, to talk about this and really kind of lay it out and then have missions encounter happen. Well, because we were online and then the day that I was uh, talking about some of this, it was so glitchy. By the time I got finished with my message, there were like three people on. And I think my mom maybe stayed on and maybe Jerry and Jerry, Jessica's parents, they might have stayed on. I'm not sure. You probably not. But, uh, I mean, it was really pathetic. I mean, it was, it was horrible. And so, anyway, we're, so it was kind of flipped around. But, but how are we doing? Well, this is how we're doing. And let me just be honest, okay? Uh, I asked not, like, who's giving or how much, you know, is every person giving. But I did ask for a report. And I found out that those that are online, let me just talk to those families that are, haven't come back yet, which we still love you and we want you to come back. And we've got a really cool announcement at the end of the service that's going to be meaningful to you, especially if you've got kids. Uh, uh, but we'll get there before we end. But those that are online, we've had one faith promise commitment come in so far. <laughs> and so if you're online... Don't delay, right? We, we need you to participate. We want you to participate. And really, I know it's your heart to participate. And so we've had one faith promise. Beyond that, uh, here, that those that have come in uh, personally here, we've had 20 faith promises come in. And normally we're, you know, I mean, we're, and, and so far, all together, we're at about $1,925 in monthly commitment. So we're about a quarter of the way there. 
And so I said, man, we got, we got to pause and kind of explain this a little bit. And, and I understand where we are as a culture and as an organization for the Gateway Church. I also understand the dynamics of the world that we are living in. But I want to encourage you to participate with us. And I understand that, there, that COVID has thrown a curveball to almost everybody's life in 2020. In fact, Dave Ramsey on the radio, he's been calling 2020 like the year a, dump, a dumpster fire, I think is what he's called it. He's like, it's a throwaway year, right? And, and, but I don't believe that. I don't believe that this is a throwaway year. I believe that this is when God speaks to our hearts. And when things get tough or when things get, get tight, it's time to give again. And I do want to acknowledge that, yes, I've heard that there have been some that have struggled, but I've also heard in many, many cases, businesses doing better than ever, having the best year of their lives. And I just want to acknowledge that whatever your circumstance, that the Lord, He is good, and He wants you to participate in what's important to Him. And when you ask the big question, God, what's important to you? Reaching out to the lost, makes a difference. And over the last two weeks, if you've been following us on Facebook, we've posted a video almost every day of, mission, of, of missionaries that we support saying thank you for different gifts and different things. And over these last couple weeks, we've seen stories of churches being built 100% from the Gateway Church, being signed and dedicated earlier this year. That's incredible. That's because of your faithfulness and faith promise giving. Food distributions in Tijuana. I loved uh, Matt Cooey. I sat with him a little earlier this year, um, but they've been able to continue to go out in Tijuana and minister. There are story after story, missionaries that were able to stay on the field because of our faithfulness. There are a lot of our missionaries that are home right now and resting and, and prepared to go back early in 2021. But the mission continues. And the, the great thing is, is that we get a part. Missions starts with us. It starts with our tithe, because when you tithe, we tithe on that. And then above and beyond that, it starts with us making a faith promise. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to pause here. And I want everybody to take your faith promise card. If you're at home, go find it. Oh, hopefully you didn't throw it away. Maybe it's on your fridge or whatever. Go find that. I want you to hold it in your hand. And I want you to ask the Lord, Lord, what are you doing in my life? And, of course, the staff is, is required to do this. I've asked uh, the board to participate 100% in this. It's part of who we are. Um, and, but we want to invite the rest of the church to participate and say, hey, what was the Lord saying? Yesterday, Jessica and I were on a walk, and, and we, we finally had some time to talk, and we, we came to our faith promise. So we're going to be making our faith promise commitment today as well in trusting the Lord that if He can get it to us, He can get it through us. And I just want to encourage you that whatever the Lord puts on your heart, to trust Him. 
And to put it there, we take these, we use these for planning purposes, and then we really destroy them. We throw them away. I said a couple weeks ago we burn them. We actually don't burn them, but we don't keep those. We don't come after you. It's really a commitment between you and the Lord. And so once you make that faith promise, you write it out, and then you take the little portion, you put that in your Bible, put it where you study God's Word, you put it on the fridge, share it with your family, uh, say, hey, this is our goal, and uh, you can make a weekly or a monthly, or like for Jessica and I, we typically, at this point in our lives, uh, for the last, man, maybe the last seven or eight years, we do a yearly commitment saying, hey, we believe that this is what the Lord is going to do through us, and you make that commitment. And so what I want you to do is just to, just let's pause here for a moment, and this is so important that we're going to take time, even on a Sunday morning. To, to take the opportunity to do this. And what I want to do is 100% of those that are here and online, I want you to make a faith promise with me and Jessica. And this is young and old. I want to encourage you to do this. So grab a faith promise. If you, Everyone should have one when you came in. And let's just pause before the Lord and ask Him, Lord, what would you have me to do? And when he puts that on your heart, I want you to fill this out. And while you ask the Lord this, as the Lord is speaking to us, um, I believe that God is going to increase our faith. He's going to help us to discern. And, uh, and, and I love the idea that with a faith promise, it's not just what we can afford. It's really a faith promise. And so it's not just what we can fit in the budget. It's a what can God do above and beyond. And uh, when you live that way, God, he never ever uh, fails us. He is a good God. And so that's the vision for this morning, for the first part of the message. And so just let's just calm our hearts here for a moment. If you're here with your spouse, uh, or I want you to talk with them, and I want every single person to have one. Even, whoa, even if you've made a faith promise in the last couple weeks, maybe the Lord's stirring to increase that, and that's okay. But what we're going to do in a moment after the short video is we're going to all participate. We're going to take these 100%. Even if you don't put anything on it, I want you to take this. I want you to fold it in half, and then we're going to... Pu- Pass those to the aisles. Try to uh, keep as little contact with each other as possible. We'll put those in the buckets. And then, and, so, and then that will help us in this next week. And next week, we will report how did we do. And so we got some pens here. If you need a pen, you can kind of uh, uh, just wave at our ushers. Thank you, Pam and Ron. And uh, let's just take a moment, quiet our hearts, and then in about 30 seconds or so, let's go ahead and start the video. You might have seen this over the last couple weeks. It's a a little taste of what our missionaries uh, are doing across the world. Praise the Lord. And just give us another few moments just to ask the Lord, what are you doing, Lord? God, what are you saying to us in this time, in this moment? How can we participate? How can we be a part? I believe everyone can do at least something. Maybe it's a dollar a week or maybe it's $10 a week. Whatever the Lord puts on your heart, you do that and you trust the Lord for the increase. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All right, let's go ahead and play that video. And at the end of the video, we're going to plan to collect those. You just fold those in half and then we'll pass those to the aisles and keep those confidential. Go ahead there. I love it. 
And the ushers will come, and we want to just pass those, and we want 100% just, pass, just fold those over, even if you didn't fill one out. I want everyone to do that, and uh, we'll make those way to the middle and drop those in the bucket, and we'll just take a second to do that because it's important. <laughs> and uh, the Lord, He's on the move. And as they do that, as they collect those, as you make those way, your way to the center aisles, let me pray. Lord, I pray for every measure of faith that is being established today. Lord, that you would do a great and mighty work. Lord, we thank you. Lord, continue to strengthen us, help us to grow, to be able to do far beyond what we could even imagine. And Lord, we know that you're in control. And even in this uh, interesting season that we find ourselves in, Lord, we submit to you and your will. Lord, we thank you for this. In Jesus' name, again, all God's people said, amen and amen. Awesome. So that's the first part of today's message. Missions starts here. It starts with each of us, with our tithes, and then with our offerings, faith promise offerings above and beyond that. But in addition to our faith promise giving, simultaneously, we want to strategize how we, as God's people, can partner together to make a difference in our community and in our world, part of our vision statement, right? And I want to remind every single one of you that mission starts with you, with a heart to be involved, using your gifts and your abilities, your time, your talent, your treasure. And I believe that missions begins with each of us understanding why we exist and who we're modeling our lives after. Missions is not about us individually, uh, not our own thoughts or our own ideas. It's about us giving of ourselves, right? And it's actually dying to ourselves, picking up our own cross and following Jesus. Now this year we've been focused on the book of Mark and there are two short stories in the book of Mark that caught my attention, one in chapter 9, one in chapter 10. I want to hit those real briefly and then bring us to a point of decision. And we've got a really cool announcement a little bit later. But the first one is found in Mark chapter 9. And by the way, Mark chapter 9 through, verse, uh, through chapter 12, it's all about Jesus with his disciples. The crowds are kind of gone at this point, And he's giving instruction to his disciples. To, he's talking about faith. He's talking about how to live with humility. He teaches them about generosity. And today, we're going to focus on Jesus talking about being a a servant, right? And how servanthood and missions, starting here, how they work together. And so let's look at it. Mark chapter 9, verse 33 through 37. It says this, and they came to Capernaum, and when he was in the house, he asked them, what were you discussing on the way? But they kept silence, for on the way they had argued with one another about who was the greatest. And he sat down and he called the twelve to him, and he said to them, If anyone would be first, he must be last of all and the servant of all. He took a child and put him in the midst of them, and taking him in his arms, he said to them, Whoever receives one such child in my name receives me, and whoever receives me receives me not, but him who sent me. That verse, that little uh, parable or that little encouragement really jumped off the page to me when I think about missions starting with each of us. How do you become great? You serve. 
You become the servant of all. And I love the connection in this little story that it's a connection with a child. A child has no influence. A child cannot advance someone's career, right? A child cannot really give things. In fact, kids, they cost something, right? You have to give for that, but Jesus brings a child close, and the idea here is that you go after those that can't pay you back. I love that idea. It's something I heard early in ministry as a kid's pastor. If you go after those that no one wants, God will give you all the, the people that everyone wants, and I love that principle. But the idea here is that if you want to be great, you become the servant of all. You serve. You give of yourself. And that is crystal clear. In the very next chapter, in Mark chapter 10, another story. I love this. James and John. Remember, Peter, James, and John, those are kind of the top three disciples, so to speak. James and John, the sons of Zebedee, they came up to Jesus and said to him, teacher, we want you to do what for us whatever we ask of you. Isn't that great? Don't we come to God like that when we pray? We say, God, wouldn't you just do this? Just do what I want, right? Well, that's the same thing here. And he said to them, what do you want me to do for you? And they said to Jesus, grant us to sit one at your right hand, one on your left hand in glory. And Jesus said to them, you do not know what you're asking. Are you able to drink of the cup that I drink or to be baptized with the baptism which I am uh, about to drink, right? And they said to him, we are able. And Jesus said to them, the cup that I drink, you will drink. And the baptism with which I am baptized, you will be baptized. But to sit at my right and my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared. And then when, he, uh, when the ten heard it, they began to begin indignant of James and John. They're saying, hey, why are you guys trying to weasel to the top, right? There's 12 of us here, right? Why, why do you think you're better than us, right? It's, again, that idea, how do you become great? How do, especially in the kingdom of God or in heaven, what would that look like? And then Jesus said to them, he says, you know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles, they lord it over others. In other words, they take their authority. They, they, to be great, you're put in, the, in the, the, the highest seat. And their great ones exercise authority over them. But it shall not be with you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first must be the slave of all. And then verse 45, you can circle it. They're highlighted in your Bible. For even the Son of Man, that's he's talking about himself, came not to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. This is incredible. The way to get ahead is not by knowing the right people, knowing the heavy hitters, selling yourself, self-promotion, so to speak, to do it first, kind of get your name out there, sitting with the brass. No, worldly success versus godly success looks very different. Worldly success says you have to know the right people, sit in the right place. Godly success says you serve. You're not even supposed to be noticed. The first must be a slave. And there are examples of this in Scripture all over, aren't there? From the Old Testament to the New Testament, Joseph and Moses and Joshua and David and Timothy and even Jesus. I love Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 through 7 says this. This is about talking about Jesus. Have this mind 
among yourself, which is yours in Jesus Christ, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with him a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself. And by taking the form of a servant, everyone say servant, being born in the likeness of man. Church, Jesus gave everything for our freedom and for our forgiveness. He gave it all. The key there is in verse 45, for even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom. And so let me just boil this down for us, and then we'll, we're going to close the service. We are called as God's people to lay down our lives for Jesus, to pick up our cross, to follow him. This is where missions begins. It begins with us doing what God tells us to do. When we walk with Jesus, we have to be careful that it doesn't become all about us. If we only do what we want to do or, what we, or when we want to do it or what we're even just gifted to do, doesn't the servant-hearted or the slave portion get put aside? We should ask ourselves, why are we doing this or that? And really, at the heart of Christianity, we serve. We give of ourselves. We get involved. And let's be real practical here for a moment. If you call the Gateway Church your church home, we want to invite you to do something with us. Yes, there's value in just showing up on Sundays or even showing up online in this season. We love that. We, we love a full crowd. We want the church to grow numerically. But you best be careful that church doesn't become all about you and your wants and desires. Even as the pastor, right? I know it's Pastor Appreciation Month at the very end. There's going to be some acknowledgement of that today. And yes, there are perks that come with that. Some are measurable. Some are immeasurable. But ultimately, I am called to be the chief servant officer. It's my job to serve just like the rest of us. And the question I have for you is when is the last time you served? Serve where no one could pay you back for what you've done. And I understand that COVID has complicated things. But we are moving into a season, I believe, where we can re-up and we can be involved once again. I was talking with Pastor Bobby, and he talked real briefly, and then we're going to wrap up, and I know I'm taking a little longer than I was expecting, but uh, Pastor Bobby was saying, what if, what if you were a part of a family, and, and one member of the family just decided not to do any chores, never picked up anything, never did a, 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 you know, a single thing, that, that member of the family would be uh, kind of outcast, right? They'd be like, man, come on, what's going on? Pick up, you know, hold your weight, right? Do, do something, right? And you would consider that an unhealthy situation. You, we teach our kids to, to help pick up in a minor way. When they get a little older, they get more involved and so on and so forth. And the same is true with the church family, with church membership, with church attenders. If there were church members who refused to contribute in their time and their talent, you would say, hey, you're part of the family. Pick up, come on, man, what's going on? Why are you 
not serving in this way or that way. I love that, Pastor Bobby, when we talked about that. Because the truth is, is that we are the body of Christ. And it's not about us individually. It's about us working together to be most effective, serving together. And what we've done is we've said that with that idea, the same idea that missions starts here with us getting in the game, engaging. And I'm going to ask Pastor Rachel to come and join me at this point. And, uh, and what I want everyone to do, everyone should have received one of these when you came in. I want you just to hold it and take an, a good look at this. Here are some areas right here, right now, that you can get involved in. There is hospitality. Uh, ministries. There are missions opportunities, especially if the Lord has put it on your heart in this season to do a faith promise. You can be a part of what God's doing on our missions team, and there's areas there. There's Gateway Kids, which we're going to talk about in a second. There's Gateway Youth. There's Creative Arts and Connect Groups that when we hit 2021, we will be uh, laying out vision there, and there may be opportunity for you to serve. But without further ado, we want to give a special announcement to what God's been speaking to us in regards to kids' ministry. Without further ado, Pastor Rachel, take it over. I don't know if you should sit or stand or let's just stand or just sit. There you go. Um, so Pastor Ben, okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Pastor Ben asked me to share a little bit about this, and during service, I just kept thinking about um, how I got where I am, and it was because. When I hit sixth grade, I was like, I absolutely do not want to go to big service and listen to some old guy talk about stuff I don't care about. I'll serve in kids' ministry. Um, and it sounds like a simple story, and I really do. Like, that really was the gist of it. I was like, then I get to be in charge of the candy, um, and church won't be boring. And in those... I just never stopped. Like, that's the honest truth. I started serving in kids' ministry when I was 12 and just kept saying yes as opportunities came up. Um, and now I'm like a credentialed minister, and this is like what I do as a vocation. And it really was just as simple as saying yes to something I wasn't sure I would be good at, even if it wasn't even for the right reason. Um, not encouraging you guys to do that, but honestly, it God had a better plan than I did for my future, and it really just took me being willing to find an opportunity to say yes. So as Pastor Ben was talking, the big question that I was asking during this is, what are we doing with our resources? And he hit on the two biggest resources we have, which is time and money. Um, and when we trust God with those things, that is the place where we find joy. That's where we find hope. That's where we find fulfillment. And this has been a hard year. A lot of us were stuck at home for a really long time, not doing anything. And when we're not doing anything, that's when like doubt and fears and like we question our abilities when that stuff starts to happen. When we are actively a part of what God's doing, those things are way less prominent, being concerned about things like fear and doubt and all that sort of stuff. And I just want to encourage you guys to ask the question, what am I doing with my resources? I am so thankful for the church because it is the reason I am where I am. Um, like I could get emotional thinking about how important the church was and is um, in my journey and in me being able to fulfill God's plan for my life. And I am confident that we, um, that this church can be that for you guys as well. 
And it just takes us saying yes, us asking the question, what am I doing with my resources? Where am I investing my money? But more importantly, where am I investing my time? And obviously, serving at church is not the end all. When you are serving at church, that does not mean that you are living missionally. Living missionally is so much bigger than what happens here on a Sunday morning. But it is the best place to start. And you might be looking at this list and thinking, none of those really fit. If that's you, write that on the back. Let us know. We will reach out to you and we will talk about where do we see God moving in your life. We will do our best to try and encourage the things that God is doing in you um, and help you find a spot where you can actively be living missionally. Um, And we're about to go into a worship song. And I just want to encourage you guys that as we do that to ask that question, um, what am I doing with my resources? That is such an important question to ask. If we want to be people who are full of joy, we have to be living missionally. So I'm going to pray, and I'm going to invite you guys to stand. The team is going to start. Don't forget the big oh. announcement. Oh, my gosh. I, can, <laughs> I had one job. I'm just so excited about um, serving, and I get to share with you guys that we have more opportunity to serve because we are opening kids' ministry on December 6th. Parents, I'm sure you guys are like, oh, praise God. Um, I am so excited. This season has been so hard. Like, I'm one of the few pastors that wasn't actively pastoring the people that I pastor. Um, And I'm so, if you guys know me at all, you know that I'm super relational. This has been a very administrative season. And, like, even just going back to um, serving, I wouldn't be where I'm at. I wouldn't be in this season where I get to grow in areas that I'm not good at if it weren't for me saying yes as a 12-year-old to serving. So I just want to encourage you guys, say yes, ask God what you're doing with your resources. Also be here December 6th because we will have kids ministry and I am so excited. Lord, thank you that we have an established church to be a part of. And thank you that you have a better plan for our lives than we do. And it just takes us simply saying yes, even if we're unsure, even if we're worried, even if we're scared, help us to say yes to being a part of your mission. And I thank you for the opportunities we have here at the church to serve, but help us to understand that living missionally doesn't mean just Sunday mornings. That we have our entire life and all of our resources to give to you. Would you just help us to be obedient and trust that you have a good plan for all of that? And then these next few moments as we sing, um, would you help us to hear your voice? And would you help us to really evaluate um, if there's a ministry here at Gateway that we should be a part of? Thank you, Jesus. And we want to make a commitment to you that we are the chief servants at the Gateway Church. Amen? And we will serve, we want to serve you. And for those of you that have said, hey, I want to uh, participate, I want to be involved. Uh, Today, when you leave, there are two buckets at the end. We want you to just drop those in. And we will call you and make a connection with you personally. For everyone that, that makes it, for each of these areas. And we are excited to connect with you and invite you in. Uh, and uh, to be serving with us. And so God bless you. Uh, I think that's it. And so, uh, Lord, bless us today. I pray that you'd go before us, behind us, and all around us. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen and amen. Thanks for joining us. We're going to dismiss from the back to the front. Go ahead and mask up. God bless you, and let's make our way outside. It's a beautiful day, and we can congregate out there. Amen.
Thank you for listening to this week's message from the Gateway Church. If you'd like to find out more about our church, such as service times, giving, and ways to get connected, visit us at thegateway.church.